Blog Talk Radio. to the Frontier Beyond Fear blog talk radio live broadcast and also on multiple syndicated platforms as a podcast, including on blog talk radio. To those of you listening live today on blog talk radio, I've noticed the homepage doesn't have as many, well, it's changed quite a bit. It's quite curtailed from what it normally is. So hopefully they'll continue to put more shows up on the homepage. But if they don't, if you click on live at any given time, just as an instruction when you're looking for a live show on Blog Talk Radio, you will find those that are, you know, up at the top and all the way down, whatever is live at this time. So um, today it is. Saturday, October 8th, and I am going to be speaking on really a continuing, very important theme, and yet it becomes ever more vital on the planet. And that has to do with how we are facing right now what many of us who've been on the planet for a little while are saying is probably the most harrowing time that we've seen in terms of world affairs, in terms of the way economic trends are going, in terms of even um, things like starvation and having the energy to keep warm in the winter for those of you in Europe. And, you know, in Europe, I know it's hitting early, and it could really, what's going on right now is even more, more um, unsettling for many people than the pandemic was. As unsettling as that was, right now, we are seeing what um, I express (laughs) to a friend um, just yesterday, I think, or maybe the day before. It's just utter insanity, really, um, what we are seeing um, in terms of treating nuclear war cavalierly. Um, and there have been all these, um, I happened to be on YouTube. Uh, the other day, and I was actually looking for a couple things. I was looking for the scene from the old 80s movie, which I remember very well, those of us around at the time, um, the movie War Games, which is a rather light movie on this topic, and yet important, um, showing what would happen if we even step, if anyone even steps onto that path of nuclear war. We are not in the situation we were in in World War II, which when everything was new and people didn't really know much about what kind of a world they were stepping into, and it would be catastrophic. And for the vast majority of people, not survivable. And what I found alarming is, um, and Stay with me. I'm going towards the spiritual here, but we're going to talk about our fears first. Um, Very warranted fears in a material way, absolutely. I've been seeing various things. In fact, there have been people are pretending that you can survive in that world. And I really highly recommend 
you go look up War Games, the final simulation, because that gives you a really nice picture. And also, apparently, because I saw this somewhere else, I believe it was Princeton University recently did a simulation as well. It's just not containable. And as spiritual people, I have to say, I really think we are coming to the end of our pretending that the world is strictly material. The material era is reaching its end. It was never actually real. That doesn't mean the world is ending. Let's be clear. We don't know how this is all going to play out yet. But what is, I feel, about to end is this time in which those of us who know that there is more to this world than meets the eye will stop pretending. I stopped pretending a while ago because I'm really tired of that, if you want to know the truth, how um, we continually pretend, whether, um, you know, just talking to neighbors, whether in the schools or anywhere, that that this material illusion is actually the truth and that science actually proves that it's the truth. And actually both are false. <laughs> it is not the truth. And there is a lot of science. And if we were to do more investigations showing that reality is not what we think it is, in fact, someone just won the Nobel Prize after studying quantum reality. And I think we have only brushed the surface of that. And let's be clear, I have said many times on this program that not everything has to be reduced to some materialistic law. That is the material paradigm. It drives us towards that. It makes us think of the way we think about things ourselves in a way that is are too limiting. There is more to it. You can't always describe things like unconditional love or the powerful, powerful spiritual experiences so many people have had, the healings we have personally witnessed, the healings we have personally experienced, things that could not be explained. It has happened over and over again for so many of us, and yet we're afraid to talk about it. And when we do, we feel like we always must talk about it in the terms that the materialists have used, as if to appease them. And the thing is, is they're going to need to awaken on their own. When they're able to see that there is more to this world than meets the eye, when they personally experience that in provable ways, and believe me, it is provable. It may not always be, and I'm not saying that this isn't always true either, not every way that you experience something spiritual is going to be easy to prove to someone else, but you will be able to prove it to yourself because you will be able to point to a book or to something material in the world that is linked to the spiritual experience. In fact, an excellent example was when a remarkable healing took place years ago, I don't know, what now, seven years or so? Six, maybe six and a half, involving a loved one who really had a very scary um, set of, of, of circumstances going on, um, which almost anyone would have said, that really looks like cancer. And let me tell you, I myself, years ago, what triggered my awakening was similar. But what was interesting about this particular situation some years ago 
was I was sitting in the waiting room and um, there was a procedure going on to check out something that was seen on an ultrasound. And let's be clear, ultrasounds are pretty clear in seeing if there's something there, a mass. And yes, there had been that. And also there was another thing going on nearby in that area of the body of this person. It was a very scary situation. I was already on the spiritual path, but I didn't really know what was going to happen. And what happened, I was sitting in the waiting room. It was near Christmas. We had canceled all our Christmas plans, all our travel plans. Everything was canceled because of this situation. And this was a physical situation where they were going in to find this thing, you know, and um, check it out. What is it? Well, I'm sitting in the waiting room, and they're playing this odd um, kind of a holiday um, CD over the intercom. And um, what came on was When You Wish Upon a Star. Within that very minute, within seconds, the doctor came out and said, called us in and said, we can't find it. They couldn't find it. They could not find the mass that was seen on ultrasound. And what I'm saying may sound dramatic, and it is, but it happens more than we realize. It happened to me in a different way. There was no song involved at the time. But the reason I mention the song, that was something in the physical world, you see. I mean, obviously, the whole thing had to do with the physical now, didn't it? But it made, it was kind of like that extra touch. <laughs> Just put it that way. That's what makes it even more incredible. Can I bring you into that waiting room with me and have you hear that song? Can I prove to you that that song was playing at that moment? Can I prove any of this to you? Well, Um, Probably some of it. I mean, I'm sure there are records that could be retrieved that said, look, we had this mass, and then it was gone, and we don't know why. In fact, the same thing happened to me, and that same thing would be provable. Could you prove the song? Well, only if there was a record being kept of what they were playing at that time. Maybe in some ways you could. But you see, the point is, although there's a part of me who very much wants to prove it, because I have a scientific background, I have worked in the sciences and did work in the sciences for many years. I have degrees in mathematics and computer science. I also took several classes in astrophysics. I have taken other sciences, and I worked in scientific disciplines related to mathematics and computer science. In fact, I even worked on the superconducting supercollider project in a computer science capacity when this was canceled. It was supposed to be built in Texas before I even understood that there are actually some very real spiritual connections to a project like that involving, hey, why someone just won the Nobel Prize. Now, isn't that some? I'm not saying I was on a project where we might have won the Nobel Prize, but I'm saying that is leading edge in terms of exploring our reality. Some people say it's even a little bit dangerous to be playing with that, like you're playing with fire. And I can't really say, but my faith part of me says there's an extra element here. There's an extra element. This is why I mean it can't all just be reduced to a bunch of laws. It's not that simple. There is the love part. There is the mysterious part. There is the mystical part. And we don't need to be afraid of those pieces. They are vital. When I first awakened many years ago, I had toyed with spiritual ideas for many years. They were conflicting for me. 
because on the one hand, I was raised in one way of thinking, and on another, there was just so much, um, you know, some of some other types of ideas had come through. Um, you know, when I was younger, um, one of my family members became very involved in what a lot of people called, even at the time and still do, the New Age movement, and shared some things with me from that. The family itself, I've said many times on this show, in fact, there have been miraculous healings. I'm the granddaughter of an evangelical minister who had a church where all kinds of healings took place, including of my aunt, who got up and walked from polio. And yes, polio was around back then. People don't realize that, but yes. And nobody could explain it. And half the rest of the family came on board with all of this because it was so amazing what had happened. Miracles are real. Yes, there are things we can study, and we can study them scientifically. Materialism is not science. Materialism is a school, a paradigm in science. Science is about discovering truth. Science is about not just looking into the things that are funded or that are going to make people lots of money or whatever, true science, which and every one of us can be a scientist. We really can. We can study our reality. We can see things that we can't explain. And sometimes we will see them in such a way that there is a powerful synchronicity, like what I described involving the song. That is a synchronicity. And people at first will say, oh, it's just a coincidence. Oh, yeah. Well, explain why that mass went away then. Hmm? Or um, somebody will say, um, well, what happened to me? There was no song. But years before, um, I had been in a situation where they saw this signature that I looked it up at the time, and it was really scary because when you see this, it's not good. It generally does not mean it generally um, is is fatal, and or at least it was in those days. And um, and I'm not talking about miracles here, but that was the the materialistic view. So I go in and have more this time, not actually checking it out like in this other situation, which was more physical and raw, but I mean just getting more, you know, imagery. And even with that, because of the way it had looked, it would be almost impossible for it not to have been real. And they took, they kept coming back and they took, you know, they were looking and it was gone. And the I remember the nurse looking at me with this look of just astonishment on her face and that, um, you know, that it might have been a shadow, except the problem was the way that it looked, it couldn't have been a shadow. And it was gone. And that's what began within that year. I asked, you know, I had this spiritual um, crisis in a way, and there was a lot going on at that time. So it's it's unfair to put it on just one thing because there were many things happening then, um, some of them physical. Um, and I had a spiritual awakening, and that's why I'm here. Um, many of you have had these experiences as well. And sometimes, you know, different things can happen where, um, you know, certain things can 
can put your body in a certain state from the medical world or even um, at that time I was having a lot of hormonal things going on. There was a lot of stuff happening that might have messed with um, with my physiology that are traceable to just concrete things. But at the same time, um, I was having a very genuine awakening. And I'm thankful for that or I wouldn't be here at all talking to you. Um, maybe I wouldn't be here at all, but I might be in the world, but I would be more in the material world still than the spiritual world. And in terms of the planet and our lives, what does it mean that there's a spiritual solution? Spirituality is everything. The key to advancement is spirituality. The key to feeling more inner peace is spirituality. It may come to you like it comes to me when I'm going for a walk. I love to walk in nature. I hadn't really discovered this as well as I have now. Well, I guess it was about um, almost 10 years ago that I really came upon this. I had had certainly some experiences of this before, but it really came through as an actual healing modality. It heals our spirit to be out in nature, to notice any beauty around us, even if um, I had a similar um, a later experience with this loved one in the hospital where we looked out the window, and I've talked about this before, there are these beautiful trees out the window, and even what you can put on the television, if you're, I'm going to remind you of this again, if you're with a loved one in the hospital, or if you're there just yourself, look on the television for the channel, which many hospitals have, that simply shows beauty and often plays music. That was a wonderful channel. And at night, you know, it's not any kind of cable TV. This is an actual hospital channel, and I assume it's in multiple hospitals. At night, they would show the stars, and it was practically like you were traveling through the stars. It was really a wonderful thing to have in the room. You see, no matter where you are, where you find yourself, look for beauty. Look for beauty. If you can't see any beauty, walk yourself down a path in your head that you remember that was beautiful. The image for today's program is a praying mantis. I came across that praying mantis yesterday when I was walking, and it was in an unusual place. It's the second praying mantis I've come across this summer. The other one was very stationary in a rather obscure place on an outdoor closet door, and it stayed there for, for multiple days. This one was literally crossing the sidewalk, and you just don't see that very often. They don't usually... Um, you usually see them somewhere static. I mean, obviously they have to walk sometimes. So it was rather surprising, and it was right in front of me. I couldn't miss it. I was just walking, and there it was. And it was it's a fairly young one, and I love how in the picture you can see its shadow. If you look at the shadow, you see the full aspect of the praying mantis. And I want to tell you what it symbolizes, which I looked up before the program. It has to do with patience, but it also has to do with following your spiritual practices, taking them more seriously, making them a regular part of your lives. And it has to do with doing this when something is happening that we feel impatient about. 
Lately, the topic of 2012 has been coming up. And a lot of us can remember, in fact, I was doing this radio program back then. If you ever want to listen to an interesting episode, I haven't in a while, but I did an episode on December 21st, 2012. And it was, and also after I did some radio as well. And many of us were so anticipating a shift, a transformation, something dramatic. Um, I have done work researching visionary women, and originally I was going to publish that book before 2012. However, I hit a roadblock in the project because there was so much darkness in the prophecies. It doesn't mean they were all dark, but they were very fear-based, and I wasn't comfortable putting that out into the world because it's so easy to misinterpret the fear and say that's all there is and then not leave room for miracles because those too have been seen, and not just by them, not just by famous people in history, um, but by us. Those of us who have had awakening experiences know that you can see some things that may be very real. In fact, I'm really surprised that in my own awakening experience, and I was hesitant to talk about some of it, and still I've been hesitant, um, as many people are, um, a lot of the things in the current world that you never thought the world could be such a mess, again, truthfully, and yet it is, um, are happening, including the prospect of nuclear war. That doesn't mean nuclear war is going to happen. But you can point to prophecies where people have seen that. Are people seeing timelines? In fact, that came up. Um, I just saw an article in the past week about time travel, and it had to do with it would only work related to timelines. And a timeline, and that's been looked at in terms of quantum studies as well. And a lot of visionary people, including myself years ago, and I will share with you in this time, you know, I'm just kind of grounded into it. I mean, I see I, there are synchronicities that happen, and I have a stronger sense of intuition, but I'm not going to be the person um, in this time who, you know, is is like going to talk about something right out of Revelation or something like that or see something like that. But many of us have been through experiences which had a visionary and shamanic aspect years ago. Now that we can all experience, this is very accessible, the way the world can come across as symbolic. In fact, often when you when you go on a walk, um, you can see shamanic symbolism in nature itself. In fact, there was a guest I had on this show. His name was, I think, gosh, what was his, his first name was Brant, as I remember. And he talked all about that. He was, um, he led people on visionary nature walks. I personally, just because of the diverse spectrum of my experience and what I've observed with others, is I think that 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 realm of spiritual experience requires tremendous respect and caution. It's not something to step into lightly. And maybe when Brant was with people, I think they were actually doing vision quests, you know, or the Native Americans who did vision quests. And by the way, the live show is, is going down. Thank you, live audience. And, um, you know, this will continue a little bit longer. And I always appreciate those of you listening across time, which will soon be all of you as soon as the live show is finished. Um, I urge you to treat such experiences with respect, understanding that it's kind of like... Um, if you're not prepared and don't have assistance that is very skilled with you that understands um, shamanic experience and grounding and things like that, it's sort of like jumping from, you know, elementary school into college. 
And that doesn't make it you someone who's had this better than anybody else. I'm not saying it's it's not quite like that, but the the analogy is um, you're just not ready for how mind-blowing such an experience can be. And it doesn't always go positively for people. And I know it's become popular these days to find some way to induce such things. You will find that I am not an advocate of that. I do respect that there have been cultures and still are some cultures out there that is part of their ancient, age-old spiritual tradition. You know, they may have some practice, but I don't claim to know really much about that. And I also say that people are hastily seeking. Um, It's sort of like the 60s, like I heard about the 60s. They're seeking things that they're not ready for. And they can be tremendously destabilizing and even dangerous. And so you will never hear a recommendation for that from me. And even if you're in one of these cultures, that is apart from my realm of knowledge, except to know that such things do exist. And, and um, you know, I assume those who are in such traditions in other parts of the world mostly, you know, have the the shaman experts to assist them. But it is not my intent to recommend any kind of artificial means like that. And I think that's important to say because it's becoming uh, more common out there and it's like playing with fire, it really is. And and I think people don't realize. And the interesting thing is you can have really probably the most accessible way to step into some higher spirituality like that is simply through dreams. Dreams are very, very similar. And some of us are able, when we're fortunate, I don't always have them, but I have had them, we're able to have lucid dreams. I don't know if everyone can. I wish that everyone could. A lucid dream is where you come awake within the dream and you know that it's a dream. And in fact, I did a show on that some time ago. But for many of us, it's not like that's an every night occurrence. Still, dream work has a lot to say. Um, And so I think that that's something I would suggest is looking at your dreams. It doesn't mean you take them literally. You might have a nightmare. It doesn't mean that that's going to come true. There are symbols that you can see. There are synchronicities you can see. If you go lucid, then it goes to a higher level because at that point you are actually awake within the dream. And so there is more that you can experience and do. Um, As far as the world, I feel what else happened on YouTube the other day? Let's talk about that for a minute. So I, I watched the scenario in war games and yes it's horrible i mean the the whole point of that movie is you know the only way to to win is not to play basically there is no winning nobody wins any nuclear war in the modern era that will not happen and one could even postulate that because we have such a thing in the world now such dangerous toys for immature people because our societies do not have the maturity to deal with that kind of level of um, industrial development. And as you know, those who listen to this show, I do believe that most civilizations that go down the path of industrial development must at some point let it go or calm it down Or if they're fortunate, maybe they never went down that path at all. And I still haven't gotten around to actually showing you the article, which I will. I really want to do a show on the Fermi Paradox, and I was going to do it today, but this seemed more important. 
But they are starting to see when they look out into space that there is not a lot of evidence of industrial planets or highly advanced technological planets. And I believe there's a reason for that. Does that mean that there are none? Of course not. There probably couldn't, any possibility could exist. But I believe that the logical conclusion is, you know, we like to conclude or tend to conclude that, well, they've destroyed themselves. Yeah, that could be. That could be. But what about those that managed to evolve instead? They bypassed the catastrophe. And they stepped into a higher spiritual awareness. I mentioned in last week's show, again, something that's not new, certainly not on this program. By the way, those people who are playing with asteroids, you're playing with fire, I'm sorry. I mean, that's just, I could write several novels about that one. (laughs) I mean, or a movie or something where, oh, you know, we're just trying to deflect it or what You know, now they say there's this huge debris field flowing behind this asteroid that they shot um, a rocket into. And to me, that is just reckless because, I mean, okay, do you really, are you really so confident that you're not going to screw this up in some way? I mean, when you look at it in a material way. But what I, so, you know, this is, It's like playing with sticks and stones, the material. Because if you were adept at the spiritual, telekinesis is your answer. Telekinesis. You could shield the planet spiritually. Oh, that's just a fantasy, they say. Well, this is the problem. Do you know that in the old days, a lot of scientists liked to call themselves alchemists as well? They had a spiritual side, too. And we've lost that. We've lost that. Not to say everyone has lost it. I'm in the scientific community. People like Greg Braden, he's in the scientific community. He even worked down the hall from me years and years ago in the 80s. Huge synchronicity technically in another building, but that is such a giant synchronicity, and it always motivates me. I didn't know about it till many years later. When I'll tell that story again sometime. I don't like to name drop, however, <laughs> because it's not like I'm best friends with him or anything. I do not interact with him, but he is an example of a scientist who is spiritual, and there are more and more people like that and many people who probably don't even want to talk about it we have to change the pretending that's the first thing we have to stop i mean why why when you know that something is true Do we continually pretend that it's not in order to make it seem like we're agreeing with the people who are asleep? That's not going to help our world right now. Our world needs the people who are awake, or at least some semblance of awake. I'm not trying to put us up on some kind of a a pedestal here. But having spiritual awareness is really important. And I think that some of the observations that they're seeing, that these so-called, you know, technological worlds, those who think that's the only way to develop, they're not so prevalent. That's because I believe many planets go down a different route. This was a part of my awakening experience, just seeing some of this. You know, you never really know um, when, you're, when you're dreaming or, you know, you know, if something seems real or could be real or um, that's an interesting way of thinking about what might be real. But um, what I have always felt deep in my spirit is that because we are inseparable. Well, not always. Let's be clear. I haven't always gotten this. 
although sometimes we do and we don't realize we do. Since we are inseparable from the divine, absolutely inseparable, any spiritually aware species, technically any species at all, is not separate from us either. So in the spiritual space, it wouldn't really matter when they lived. There would be no boundary of time or where they lived. There would be no boundary of space. I happened to be to see a survey on a Twitter feed. Uh, it's one of these UFO feeds, and someone put a poll out. Quite a few people participated, if I remember. I didn't participate. I think I saw it after. This is just in the last couple of days, and people are getting really uneasy about the state of the world, and rightfully so. Um, the the question was, like, if the benign UFOs, I don't know if they said it as UFOs, or just ETs, showed up and said, okay, we've come, get on board, as sort of like as a rescue, would you go? It was over 69%. Now, granted, this is kind of a, a weighted feed, given that it was on the UFO um, Twitter feed, said, yes, that hey, you know, get me off of this planet now. That's basically what people were saying. And if you were to go down the YouTube journey I went down the other day, what did YouTube suggest? I was actually curious about the movie Testament, and I had looked that up. I might have mentioned this on a recent show, too. Testament is a heart-wrenching, poignant program that shows how unsurvivable um, nuclear war is, even if you're um, quite a distance away from where it hits. And it shows these people, their children die, they all slowly die. I mean, it's it's a really pretty pretty um, dark and and depressing film, but quite real. And it's, but there's another movie that came out around the same time in the 80s that kind of superseded Testament because it was flashier um, and it was more widespread in, in those who saw it. Testament apparently began as a PBS special. I didn't even know this. I did a little hit a little um, research into it. Um, I seem to think I saw it in the theater, but it was so long ago. And back then, you know, we were just beginning to see. We might have had um, um, VHS tapes, but they weren't common back then. So, I mean, they were just coming around. I mean, I guess we were just starting with that, even in our household. But the thing is, um, I was guided to see the the attack in um, the day after. And I, I never liked the day after, even though I lived in Kansas City, that area, for many years. And that may be a reason not to watch it, because it's about um, what would happen if nuclear war hit Kansas City. And it was made in the early 80s. And they, so yeah, I thought, okay, fine, I'll watch it. You know what? It's not a bad idea. I mean, it had a warning on it. I thought, wow, this must be pretty intense, because I really couldn't remember how intense. I mean, I had sort of a vague memory of it, and I didn't like it very much. I didn't like the story at the time. I really thought Testament was much more moving, which came out around the same time, and and I just didn't really like the day after. I remember certain scenes. A lot of people remember the part where John Lithgow is on the radio and he's saying, is anybody out there? Anybody? Anybody at all? Or very close to that. And there's nobody out there. Um, but yes, I watched the scene. And it was really scary. I mean, for a show about fear, it was scary. And, you know, it's been a while since I've seen the scene in, like, the Terminator, one of the Terminator movies where they show what happens when the bomb hits. This is not something to take lightly. I don't want you to be afraid, but this, we were taught. We lived through different times. If you are younger and you don't remember or if you've somehow forgotten, this is, this is not just, you know, oh, look, look, there's a... Oh, look, what is that? That went off? I think I'll go inside. No, no, it's it's very serious. 
And both of those shows will tell you just how serious it is. And it's so serious that, um, you know, it really guides people like me to a spiritual solution. In fact, I was so thrilled. I mentioned on the last show that I used to be um, a distributor for the War is Not the Answer sign many years ago. Um, They don't actually distribute them anymore, but maybe they should. And the group that puts this out, which is a Quaker lobby, is now advocating for diplomacy. They don't, we don't have a choice. Don't let anybody suggest that nuclear war is a viable option. And the spiritual path leads you down the more challenging paths. And we've got immature people playing with dangerous toys. It's like, you know, it's like you've got, um, you know, some toddler playing with fire. And that's, and, and if they mess it up, the whole world goes. No, no. We need to take a wiser approach. It's time for the grown-ups in the room and this particular group. Um, they are taking that step. And in fact, um, and they're FCNL. Um, and whether I know people listen to this program, and we're all of multiple ways of thinking about different issues. I myself, I'm not definable. I am an issue-based person. I look at truth in every issue. I don't define myself based on, you know, some some menu of, oh, this is what you're supposed to do. No, I look at truth. That's that's really what's important. Um, and I also look at things like compassion. But truth is really extremely important. Um, I watched on YouTube another video that came up, which I found interesting. It was a news report of the reaction to the day after. And I do remember it was an experience. A lot of people were watching it at once. And this was based in New York City. And I was so interested in how they kept talking about people who cared about nuclear disarmament and the nuclear freeze movement and all this. There was a big movement back there in the 80s because we knew how dangerous and we didn't want all the children in the world to die, including ourselves. But we especially, of course, I was young. I was not a child. Well, I was a child during part of this era. Um, Nobody wants this. Why do you think Sting had a song that said, you know, I think it was, it had to be Sting. Um, you know, I hope the Russians love their children too. But nobody can play this game safely. We have taken a horrendous route for centuries in this world. We have driven all of our development towards our fears. You know, maybe you're in the copper age and you've developed some new, um, some shield or some new weapon or, and, and it just goes on and on and on. Just study history. That's been our focus. That's what fear does. That's what vengeance does. That's what happens when we don't choose to take the grown-up approach, which means you have a more difficult thing to deal with here. Look at Immaculate Ilabajiza. I wanted to have her book to quote today, maybe next week. She was in Rwanda where people were slaughtering one another, and they found a way out of that, and they found a way to forgive, but not until many people were killed, and her family was killed, and she was almost killed. She's a Catholic. We don't all have to share the same spiritual path. I'm not actually a Quaker, although I toyed with that for a while. we got to grow up and fast. Those of us who have the maturity 
to look towards a better way, we need to rise to that occasion now. That's why I'm doing this program. We can do it in our spiritual practice. It can help. And I know that we'll be called to more. Maybe we do need some kind of new movement. I've never really been into that kind of thing. I mean, for years, um, I... My spiritual path or just my life path hasn't taken me down those roads. Or I know some of you have probably been very activistic. This may seem like that's what this show is right now, and it's not. It's softly so. And let's talk about that, too. It doesn't mean, you know, some of us are getting older, too. It doesn't mean that you have to be out in the street. That doesn't always help anyway. There are other ways of just, Letting your voice even gently be heard. We don't have to accept materialist prescription, the materialist menu for our world. They can't even see most of the options. I hope that more materialists wake up. I do. But we need to take this higher now. And I don't know exactly what that means. But we need to trust that there is a spiritual solution. We need to live namaste and realize that even though there are always people who behave horribly and violently in the world, we don't need to be those people And there is another way. And people will say, well, yeah, but what about, you know, many of us, um, you know, my father, he was in World War II, very dedicated. What if that could have been avoided by handling the end of World War I better? I mean, there's always a way. And you miss the the boat a lot of times and I think in this current situation that has been missed several times we need to be more mature now we need to find a better way and I think more and more people are going to say that because you know what annihilating the whole world is really pretty serious and we live in the world and we have a say how about that You have a say, your children have a say, we all have a say in what's happening. Let's talk about that on a spiritual level. Spirituality, in so many forms, teaches us that we have free choice, teaches us that we are not all the same, teaches us that we don't need technology to live forever. Only materialists are afraid of that. In fact, to me, if you never got to see the other side, I mean, maybe there are ways through the visionary, yes, where you can bring it through. It's nothing to fear. It's a part of the journey. But when you don't believe in that at all, well, you look for ways to artificially prop up life because that's scary. Truth be known, if this was the end of the earth, we would find, we'd go on, on our spiritual journeys. We would have other adventures. And given that even linear time is an illusion, we're probably having them right now. The earth won't go on forever. No planet will. But it would really be nice when we really have, you know, we felt this around 2012. It would be nice for this experience here to continue. And oh, how sad it would be if we let ignorant people just wreck the game board, so to speak. Spirituality can surprise us if it exists, and we know it does. Anything could happen. 
what more do I want to say here? We're almost to the hour, so I won't go much longer, but this is a big and important theme that we will continue to revisit. I did have a poem that I opened to, and I'll just read the last part. It's by Ralph Waldo Emerson, and he lived 1803 to 1882. He was a transcendental idealist, and ironically, the name of the poem is Terminus, and it starts out, um, it's about being old. It is time to be old, it starts, but I'm not going to read the whole thing because I turn to the end. As the bird trims her to the gale, I trim myself to the storm of time. I man the rudder, reef the sail, obey the voice that Eve obeyed at prime, lowly, faithful, banish fear, right onward, drive unharmed. The port well worth the cruise is near, and every wave is charmed. He wrote this poem in 1867, and some could say, well, it could be about the end of everything. And he lived till 1882, so, um, you know, yeah, 1867. So he, it wasn't like it was right at the end of his life, which I find symbolic. But look at how that speaks to miracles, to miracles. And every wave is charmed. Could we imagine a destiny for humanity that is higher, higher than we ever could have imagined? Where unconditional love is felt in our hearts. Where things are healed. Miraculously, you know, if we can be healed physically from an ailment, and we know that we can because we have seen it, those of us who have seen it, then we can be healed in other ways as well. Pray for healing. Focus on healing this earth. And you know, it isn't just about us. I was thinking the other day when I was walking about this beautiful meadowlark that was singing and just all the wonderful wildlife, and they don't deserve our indiscretions. They don't deserve our ignorance. This planet does not deserve these innocent creatures. They don't deserve that fate. Neither do we. We can feel saddened about the path that so many materialists have taken. And even those who have taken fear in the name of spirituality to a very um, destructive level. But we can also see that we can heal miraculously. We can heal. I watched the 2012 movie not too long ago. I mentioned that last time. The end, I mean, it's kind of a trite little movie. It's not the best movie by any means. But in the very end, they find a way in the somewhat stilted way, given this film, which um, there could have been better movies made. Um, they find a way to come together. They find a way to help one another. We need more than what, what happened there. We do. We need healing. We need what Immaculate Ilipajiva experienced personally. Because it's not worth it. This destructive path is not worth it. And it's obvious that it's not worth it. It's logical. You don't even have to be spiritual to see that it's not worth it. How could you recklessly endanger the entire planet? That is, as I told my friend in capital letters, 
insanity. Let's find our foundation. Let's find our bearings. As Ralph Waldo Emerson says, um, let's man the rudder and reef the sail. Spirituality has a solution, but we can also find it, those of us who aren't ready, we can even find it logically. But I tell you, spirituality will be the way forward. If we don't figure it out on this planet, we're figuring it out somewhere else. It's the way. Thanks for being here, everyone. And next week I should be here. There might be a break the week after. Not sure. Occasionally I may have to do the program at a different time, but um, I'd say just go to the homepage of Blog Talk Radio, but right now it's not showing hardly anything on any shows. So, But if you go to the live page, yes, you will see this program be, you know, slightly before its scheduled time. A lot of times I don't know what I'm going to say until very close to when I say it. And I trust in that. I follow my heart. I follow spirit. I follow how I'm guided with what I say. And I follow myself. I'm myself. This is my voice. And, of course, it's not like I'm bringing something to you from anywhere other than me. But remember, each of us is inseparable. I mean, I never figure out how... I'm doing this because when I was younger, I couldn't speak spontaneously like this. I could write, but not speak. But it's still, you are uniquely you. What do you have to say? What do you have to feel? And no, you don't want this to be the end of everything. Of course not. Or at least on this planet. Take care, everyone. Find a place to walk if you need some breathing space. That's my best recommendation. Find a quiet moment. Find some music. If you're strong, go ahead and watch one of these films I've told you. Just to remind yourself, if you didn't, maybe you forgot, or if you need to show someone else, this is nothing to toy with what's being toyed with. See you next time.